Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Sincerity with which Ryan Satin sends out a too little, too late apology tweet, just like the accuracy with which Dave Block Party Meltzer aims his bitter and biased missile towards the what's going on in Titan Towers dartboard. My co-host Ricky's availability or lack thereof due to varying work schedules was brought into question once again earlier today. He has been travelling all evening. He's been trying to make it back but was unable to get to go on to the podcast tonight. So once again, apologies but you are stuck with me, Clive, for the next 40 odd minutes or so. So ladies and gents, welcome to the Clive Wrestling Show. It's obviously not as catchy but I'll grant you that. But clearly a lot funnier and better content lies within. Um, Don't tell Ricky I said that. If you're not happy with this and simply demand Ricky is here every week, then help the man out, fill his coffers to the point that he no longer has to work. Make that a reality by going over to powerslam.tv, putting in the promo code on your laptop. That's not the promo code. Put in on your laptop the promo code social suplex and you will be given a month's worth of free Wrestling content, over 4,000 hours worth from wrestling from around the world. Great deal there. And make that even more of a reality by going to ProWrestlingTees.net, checking out the Social Suplex page. We've got some real tasty t-shirts on there for you. Great logos, great idents on a black background. Uh, But apparently that's not cool anymore, as has recently been evidenced by the growing outrage which NXT has received for their by most accounts, basic t-shirts for a lot of their wrestlers, but seriously folks, it's a t-shirt, I'm sure it's not the end of the world, it's okay to not be annoyed with something WWE does for one hour out of the 24 allotted, um, so that's the admin side of things out of the way, the business business dealings, speaking of business dealings and speaking of part-time, part-timers, sorry again Ricky, uh, we've got Brock Lesnar who has been the talk of all the things going on in the world of wrestling at the moment, especially over the last 24 hours. This was kind of a given, really, especially with how things had turned out recently with Brock Lesnar and the Universal title picture. He won it back, he lost it, he won it back and lost it again, so Lesnar 
was beaten clean as a whistle by Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Hasn't been seen for a while. No surprise there, but he just ha- just so happens to appear on SmackDown Live this week and challenges Kofi Kingston to a title match on the first episode of SmackDown when it airs on Fox TV. I couldn't tell you if it's in how many Fox channels there are, but it's on a channel that's called Fox. October the 4th, I think it is, as far as I'm aware. So it's kind of obvious that was going to happen at some point, was it not? It's one of those ones they think that Brock Lesnar equals ratings. I don't know. I don't care. It's, I still think it's a detriment to the product. Um, I'd rather it made sense storyline-wise. And there is there is a sort of story that's been going on with this for Kofi since WrestleMania. It seems as if his title reign is more in peril as the months and pay-per-views go on. It seems as if the threat has increased since he had a, a reset of how credible his opponents were with regards to WrestleMania. You had Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler, Samoa Joe and then Randy Orton. That's varying levels of threat aimed his way and he's seen them all off as clean as a whistle and it comes to the stage now where who is there left for him to beat and who else could it really be other than Brock Lesnar himself so from that standpoint it does make sense I get it it's not something I'm fond of what I'm not fond of is seeing the poor saps who have started to work themselves into a shoot thinking that Kofi could beat Brock Lesnar I can't really see it happening I think this has been on the the writing has been on the wall for some time. If you're Vince McMahon, you're wanting to make a big impact when it comes to your first ever night on a TV channel that you've made a deal worth 1.2 billion on. So Brock Lesnar will probably win that one. I can. I have been surprised recently with regards to Brock Lesnar's losses. I will be honest about that, and I'm pleasantly surprised by the month with how. Kofi has been treated as a very good baby face, very strong, very resilient. So the unthinkable has happened a few times this year. The unthinkable could happen again with regards to beating Brock Lesnar, but do not hold your breath. With Kofi, the thing going on with SmackDown at the moment is he has seen off Orton, Randy Orton. That match that they had at Clash of Champions... It was probably the best match that Kofi's had on pay-per-view for a good few pay-per-views now, but it, it, there was still nothing to write home about. There was, It felt as if it was on for a lot longer than required. And again, it wasn't as if there was downtime in this match. There just wasn't any uptime either. It was just there. And there was enough to keep, keep you engaged, but just uh, shave a good five, ten minutes off that, really. I've started to desire more a sense of urgency in matches which we don't get with longer matches longer matches have peaks and troughs with their pace and that's allowed but it doesn't give me personally that excitement or the urgency that you could usually get elsewhere but the thing that the reason I brought up Orton was I'm glad to see he's still aligned with the revival they had a six man tag this week on Smackdown Hands up, folks, I have not seen Raw or SmackDown this week, so I am um, could be talking out my arse. I could be. Things might have happened on SmackDown and Raw that I've got no clue about, and I'm talking mince. If that's the case, you must be used to that by now. So, Orton, still aligned with the Revival. 
I am more than happy with the Revival beating the New Day at Clash of Champions. Not the best match I've seen from either team. Still a decent affair, hard hitting, and the Revival played a, a very dangerous but a pretty sickening, a sadistic game at Class of Champions. They had the win in the bag. They didn't have to go for the inverted knee bar on Kofi King, eh, on Xavier Woods. I thought, oh, I, I just don't like it when you see tag teams who are so 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 set in their ways with regards to how they finish a match that they, go, they do something different when it could be at their detriment. And that almost had, I thought, now. They should have just went for the shatter machine, but it just so happens Biggie was out for the count with the shatter machine on the outside. There was no chance of him ever coming in. Uh, so the inverted knee bar was applied. I thought, why are they doing this? But it worked out in the end for them. It, it sent quite a message. It was basically saying, don't fake with the revival, whether by pinfall or submission, we will have you. And I have to say, if you take it as a whole, over the whole, the Revival have had a great 2019 when you think about it. That's um, three times champions, two on Raw, one on SmackDown. And if you remember back to when Revival debuted on the main roster, they seem to have New Day's number. They've always got one up over on them. And these are the kind of trends that happen now and again. There's certain wrestlers who just can't seem to catch a break with regards to certain opponents. And it, this brings me on to my next person, who also has, when you look at accomplishments, TV time and the likes, has also had a, a decent 2019. Someone who also has the number of her most recent opponent, and I'm talking about Bailey. Bailey seems to have her upper hand over Charlotte quite regularly on main roster TV and pay-per-view. She's beat her at No Way Out or Fastlane or whatever it was called before WrestleMania a couple of years ago. She retained at the Fatal 4-Way WrestleMania a couple of years ago with Charlotte involved. She beat Charlotte this week, this weekend, past weekend there, Class of Champions. Terrible match, by the way, that was hands down worst match of the night. And... Okay... I get why she did it. She was looking for an out as quickly as possible uh, to make sure that she didn't lose to Charlotte. But she's always been talking a game. She's been talking the game in her promos recently that she just wants to be a defending champion. And, okay, she retained. She went about it in dodgy ways. She kind of still is a defending champion, but she went about it in a snivelling, cowardice way. Just a bit shit, considering... Going into this match, as well as the Becky and Sasha match, we've got two really good on-paper women's matches to look forward to, and one of them was <sighs> dreadful. I mean, see if you compare, see that sort of heel tactic stuff, compare that to see when Becky, Becky and Charlotte were wrestling each other at Super Showdown in Australia. Becky, like, it took a while for Becky to decide, right, I'm going to just end up cheating to get this get this victory over Charlotte. Sasha, Becky, ah, there are too many names here. Charlotte and Sasha, Shasha and BB, there's too many. Bailey, ah, just pants. A pants match, no other way about it. Compare that to the Becky and Sasha match. Even with a, a DQ win for Sasha due to 
Becky um, levelling the referee with the steel chair. This was far and away the best na- match of the night for me. I would say AJ and Alexander was a close second. Thoroughly enjoyed that little five-minute encounter. Tucked away on the pre-show, no less, but Becky, Sh- Sasha, sensational stuff. I got what I wanted from that one. They started off with wrestling. Things got heated pretty quickly. Sasha knew that she really couldn't, on the night, she couldn't vanquish Becky clean, so she resorted to some dirty tactics herself. What followed was around the arena brawl. Always a fan of them, and to see the women do it is excellent. Just, the crowd loved it. The crowd were popping all over the place for this one. Great stuff. Felt very epic. And we're rolling around again. I think I tweeted out two or three days ago. This whole thing, three years ago, around the summertime, Sasha was involved in arguably the hottest feud of the year with Charlotte. And it didn't culminate, but it resulted in a a main event Hell in a Cell match against Charlotte. And personally, that's one of my favourite Hell in a Cell matches I've seen for quite some time. Roll fast forward three years later, Sasha's involved in arguably the biggest feud that's going on in WWE right now, and there's a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, and lo and behold, we are granted a Hell in a Cell match between Becky and Sasha next month, October the 6th. Well, 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 I'm looking forward to that one very much, so cannot wait. I just think that just the, the mood, the atmosphere of this feud between these two women, it needs something like this. It's a brawl. It's not a wrestling contest. This is just a fight. And you're not going to get a better fight than these two in a Hell in a Cell match. Becky has more than proven herself when it comes to gimmick matches. The TLC last year with Asuka and Charlotte, the last woman standing match. Becky knows her way about a gimmick match. So put these girls in a Hell in a Cell and we're going to, we're in for a treat. Really looking forward to that. What, what I'm interested in with regards to Bailey at the moment is that Carmella has been flung into the mix. If you've been paying attention to Carmella and Bailey over the years, they are shoot best friends. They took, they spent a lot of time together at Full Sail, very open about their friendship with each other, and some videos were... It was even part of a storyline when Bailey had a... There was a gap in takeovers one year, just before she lost it to Asuka, but Bailey and, Bailey and Sha- Carmella had a match... And it wasn't exactly a takeover, it was just a, a big tapings at some sort of arena somewhere. So the, And that was played up, their friendship was part of that storyline. So Carmela is probably thinking to herself, I watched a, a WWE.com video earlier on today, Carmela is not a fan of what she's seen. Is she going to start thinking, Bailey, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? We used to be pals, this isn't the Bailey that I know and love. Or has Carmela got other plans involved? It's good because it's it's um, how to put it. It's good just because it livens up the women's scene. Those for those who are a bit fed up seeing just the four horsewomen involved, you've got Carmela and in, in the mix now. Could be interesting going forward. It's making sure that everyone gets a shot at seeing what's going on. Carmela has been busy with the twenty four seven title of late, so it's good to see her actually wrestle in the division that she is meant to be in. So there is many positives with that one. It's it's fascinating when you think about it how Carmela was a, a widely hated figure a couple of years ago, uh, last year even, 
and now she's a fan favourite with the dance breaks and their 24-7 titles work with R-Truth uh, pretty sure she had a good showing in a triple threat match I can't remember when it feels like a long time ago actually but she had a triple threat match with some ladies and she showed up, showed herself very well so good stuff for Carmela. I've always enjoyed her work and long may it continue the some there's an incident that arisen that arose on Raw this week, and there's been a video that's been posted all over the internet with Sasha's behaviour of late, and Sasha seemingly lashed out at Alexa. Alexa was on the ring apron in the tag match against Alexa and Nikki Cross. Sasha missed a punch and basically laid waste to Alexa's midriff with a kick that looked a bit hard and people think, oh, Sasha's so unsafe. And she said in her Chronicle documentary, which I have not seen, by the way, uh, it's never my intention to injure someone, and then she goes and does this. Guys, surely, 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 with everything that's been going down since since Sasha came back, since Ryan sat in, was demanding apologies, then went silent for a few days until he worked up the, the shite that he came out with a couple of days after, to the Chronicle with Sasha. Do not believe anything. It's all a work. Every single bit of it is a work. Remember, this is the Sasha that we saw four years ago, nearly four years ago, rip the hairband off a, a nine, ten-year-old girl at full sale and reduce that girl to tears this is what Sasha is capable capable of. This is Sasha at her best, her most confident. Okay, there's been many rumours that Alexa and Sasha don't like each other, but surely the last couple of weeks with the many, many dirt sheet failures out there, do not believe the rumours that you see on TV, uh, see on the internet. It could all be a load of shit. So I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure it's just Sasha being um, the boss. Not Nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. If Sasha brings that Sasha into the Hell in a Cell match, then we are in for a treat. I keep going on about that. I might go on about it a lot over the next few weeks in the lead up to the match. And knowing my luck, I will have hyped it up far too much and will not be not enjoy it as much as I should have. And whose fault is that? Mine or WWE's? Probably both. So Sasha's got the the three-year trope thing going on. A trope from a, another recent... Hell in a Cell pay-per-view match I'm not ready to see revisited in any way, shape or form is this horrendous Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens feud that's going on I feel, I try not to feel sorry for wrestlers, they have a much better life than me, they get paid handsomely um, they have a good life but I feel for Kevin Owens saddled with this Shane McMahon stuff, it's just it's been going on far too long I feel as if there's a curse with if you work with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania pro- programs, especially uh, that Undertaker match that they had, the Shane McMahon had. That basically was the de- the start of Undertaker's demise when it comes to in-ring ability, credibility, and all that stuff. It just went downhill from there. AJ, he might have won the match. He might have beat Shane McMahon, AJ did, at WrestleMania 33, but he went on to have a, a questionable run with the US title stuff going on. Then he was booked strangely 
is the best way I can put it with these victories holding the WWE title. It's taken a long time for AJ to recover from that. Last year, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn lost to Shane McMahon in a 50-year-long feud. And, okay, injuries happened. That's real life. But those two guys weren't exactly dealt with brilliant creative following following WrestleMania that year. And it's just continuing. And it's continuing. And it's continuing. I just... Stop it. Please stop relying on Shane McMahon to further storylines. He is not required. Kevin Owens started off this feud hot. He is now ice cold. There have been these teases, though. He tweeted out... Kevin Owens tweeted out last week the numbers that correlate with letters of the alphabet to spell out NXT. There was a tweet from the NXT Twitter that had live... Like the word live, but it was similar to Kevin Owens' tattoo that he has on his arm. I suppose we'll find out if Kevin Owens is, in fact, going to be on NXT this week. By the time the majority of you listeners have listened to this, the first episode of the new TV era of NXT, it will have been and gone. I'm very much looking forward to that, though. The street fight between Matt Riddle and Killian Dane. That should be a, a bruiser. Their match that they had on TV a few weeks ago was a bruiser, and Killian Dane looked devastating with the multiple Vader bombs, the sent on onto the stairs, just oh, nasty. And it's not often you see a weapons match on in full sale. It's, it's a brightly lit, quite decent sized room, but when it comes to these weapons matches, things can get claustrophobic quite quickly. So I'm looking forward to see how that all pans out. You also have the outcut, a match whose outcome is almost set in stone. That is the North American title match between Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong. The way things have turned out for Undisputed Era, whose leader prophesied at the start of the year that they would hold all the gold in NXT. They have the NXT title. They have the tag titles. The only thing missing is the North American title. Obviously, they do not have a woman in their ranks, so they can't dethrone Shayna Baszler. But things are all looking like it's going to be Roderick Strong for the win tonight. I get why they're doing it. I've really, really liked Velveteen Dream's run as a champion. I've really liked his character arc overall. I've been paying attention to it, and it's been quite fascinating to watch. It will be interesting to see how he deals with this going forward. I hope it's not the end of Velveteen Dream's North American title run. Or if he wants, from the way things are at the moment, Adam Cole doesn't have a challenger for the NXT title. Could Velveteen Dream say, right, fine, you can have the North American title. I want yours, Adam Cole. I would be all down for that. Uh, I would be hashtag all in for that, actually. Give me that on a a silver platter, please. The... As it as this sort of all takes hold, and uh, SmackDown's moving to Friday nights, and Triple H's comments last week regarding Two Hundred Five Live, it has led me to wonder about the almost immediate future of Two Hundred Five Live. I know that some of you do think may think that I am a an unabashed mark for Two Hundred Five Live, and there is some truth to that. I'm not going to deny it. There is a consistency in character, story, match quality on 205 Live that is frankly sometimes missing on other brands. 
a lot of people I know don't watch it fine, you're lost as far as I'm concerned um, I would say there are things about 205 Live that Trump NXT with the the lack of Undertaker length entrances that the Full Sail guys seem to have even though the ramp's about 10 metres long if that so I do like my 205 Live but and I don't know if you'll consider this a bombshell coming from me or a moment of blasphemy, but I won't really shed many tears if 205 Live ceases to exist for a number of reasons. Uh, the apathy with which their product is received by the fans in attendance is oh, happens a lot, I will grant that. So it kind of just washes over me, I am used to it, but sometimes you're thinking... Why are you there if you're just going to shit all over it? I think it's time for 205 Live guys to be appreciated properly for what they do. And the style of wrestling that they do would be lapped up by Full Sail. And from the NXT UK guys, some of them, some of the 205 guys are already on the main roster with Lucha House Party, Mike Kanellis, Jake Maverick. They've all got their places already. If 205 spreads out and it goes into the NXT... I'd be happy about that, to be honest with you. If 205 passes on, fine by me. From a purely logistical side of things, as you know, I do the columns for 205 Live. It results in ungodly hours to make sure. I just feel as if, with them writing these reviews, it's very time-sensitive because there are a lot of reviews out there and I like to try and get it up as quickly as possible. Not as quickly as possible, but within a decent time scale so that it's still fresh in people's minds and they would be interested in reading up on what's been happening on the show, on the most exciting hour in WWE and on whatever they call it, the most exciting hour in sports entertainment. So from that side of things, I'd be happy if it was gone. Terrible to say, especially live on air as well, but it's not to say I wouldn't stop writing about wrestling, it just means I'd be able to broaden my horizons and write about other things. I think that's healthy. You get, even though things are looking alright with regards to creative on 205 Live, you do get stuck in a, a rut. Uh, you like to spread your wings a bit further afield, so if that was the case, I'd be more than happy with that. So there's going to be a lot of changes in the network going forward, and 205 could be one of them. It's fine with me because I still think we're going to get more content. We saw that with Evolve uh, having their 10th anniversary show on the network a couple of months ago. Something which I'm personally incredibly excited about is remember a month or two ago we saw pictures of some ICW content. It seemed as if their Fight Club television show was going to be available on the network. That seems to have disappeared quickly but ICW Mark Dallas put out a video a few weeks ago saying listen that's the way the touring schedule works we can't always give you a weekly television show so with that in mind they're going to add ICW Gonzo a brand new TV show which will hopefully mean we will get weekly television without fail every week ICW Gonzo will be filmed in their their asylum the ICW, that's their performance centre for want of a better term and it's going to have a mix of young up and coming talent wrestling against more experienced veterans but those that are still sort of lower down the totem pole 
some really good matches looking uh, starting on that very quickly and it's going to focus a lot on the Zero G Championship which is kind of like your IC title X Division title stuff like that it's going to showcase the wrestlers who will be vying for top spot in that division so Gonzo going forward very excited about it and I think it's not even cynic I wonder if this is done because WWE want weekly content from ICW and at the moment ICW can't always offer weekly content they do have spaced right after one of their big four shows where things just die down for a couple of weeks before things start afresh so if that's what the case is going to be and we're going to get weekly ICW win-win for me here especially if it goes onto the network all in a nice tidy app on the, the, the phone or the Kindle Yay me! <laughs> oh, I've uh, waffled on quite a bit tonight. This is what happens when you've not got a, a co-host on to rein things in for you. But there have been quite a few other, like major, major talking points from Clash of Champions and this week's TV. You have the return of Rusev who has entered into his 507th lover's quarrel storyline and people wonder why I couldn't care less about Rusev oh god I mean <clears throat> really this guy might be talented this guy might be able to get over a catchphrase this guy might have the look the, the wrestling acumen but why should I be invested in a guy who seems to have more affairs than, I don't know, someone who has lots of affairs? Because obviously this whole thing with Mike Canellis and Maria Canellis and the baby and now the, the identity of the father has become a thing. That story in itself doesn't bother me. I'm used to it with WWE, but for Rusev to be involved again, I mean, you've had his fallings out with Lana repeatedly uh, the carry on with Enzo Amore the carry on with Dolph Ziggler Aidan English it's like give it a rest the guy the guy might actually want to do something else with his creative outlet so Rusev's back you whoop to do one that I am was pumped to see happen though was Luke Harper tearing it up with Throne uh, on class of champions to help Rowan beat Roman that's quite hard to say Rowan beat Roman so Luke Harper returned uh, he returned again on Smackdown levelling Daniel Bryan with some awesome Bludgeon Brothers-esque tandem offence uh, some double choke slam through the commentary table action <sighs> poor Daniel Bryan's head that's all I'll say for that one and yes I'm going to be that arse again Harper's return is a, a nice example of some Hashtag long-term booking. Twice over, actually. The last time we saw Harper on main roster TV, he was basically still part of the Bludgeon Brothers with Rowan. And they lost the titles to the New Day. I think it was a tables match. No, it wasn't a tables match. I can't remember what happened, but they had a pretty decent match with New Day. And then both went away injured, Rowan came back, was used on TV. Rowan has set the header alight and been put in promo work that nobody knew existed it's been putting in excellent performances just the match with Roman was okay it wasn't anything special but just the segments he's had 
Rowan is kicking it out of the park as far as I'm aware. So that's them reunited after nearly that will be just one year, one and a half years in the wilderness. But also, again, this has been coming up. Luke, Luke Harper always has Roman Rangers' number. Think back to, let me think. Oh, when was it? 2015? My God, that was a long time ago. Luke Harper came to the aid of Bray Wyatt when Bray Wyatt was facing Roman Reigns. Uh, the Survivor Series match 2016, I think it was. Luke Harper was help, helping the Wyatts retain... I can't remember. Basically, Luke Harper has Roman Reigns' number and has shown that to be the case a number of times and it was evident again this Sunday. So, from a sort of long-term booking type thing, Roman Reigns has dealt with all the, the Wyatt family. He's dealt with Bray repeatedly. He dealt with Braun Strowman a number of times. Rowan is the first guy, first different guy that he's dealt with in a while. But he cannot deal with Luke Harper. So make of that what you will. The, the Luke Harper situation, let's not ignore that um, Harper's contract was reported to expire in November this year. So the reveal at this time is half a suspect but but it would also let's be honest as well it would be ignorant to be of the mindset that this is the only reason he's back on TV Rowan and Harper are simply meant to be it's salt and pepper um, cheese and onion <laughs> don't know why I'm naming off random flavours of crisps but from a storyline standpoint Rowan and Harper are the yin and yang to each other from a storyline standpoint, this has all been very well timed, so hats off to the writing team for how, how this has all panned out. Regardless of when contracts are up, and regardless of the shit that you hear on the Observer Radio. Um, probably the biggest talking point to come out of Class of Champions was not exactly the return, but the reveal at the end of Class of Champions after Seth Rollins defeated Braun Strowman to retain the Universal Championship, that just rolled off my tongue. I should get a job as a commentator for WWE. Just don't ask me to plug their stuff. That won't go down well. Um, so The Fiend came out, the music distorted, the lights went out, the mandible claw was applied... It's a shame that Ricky isn't on tonight because no doubt he would have been waxing lyrical about this because really I've not got much positive to say about these developments. It's not that I have got much in the way of negativity to say about it. I'm just not as into the fiend as I wanted to be. Um, my feelings are well documented with the use of legends. Um, Kane, Jerry Lawler, Mick Foley... Mick Foley is semi-frequent with regards to how part-timers are used. I mean, was there really a need for Kane to come back or Jerry Lawler to come back? And what's he taken from them? The only thing he's done is take the mandible claw from Mick Foley. But what's he taken from the other guys? Has he taken their souls? Has he taken their masks, their crowns? It's just... Ah... Just like Rousseff, it's just one of those ones, what what have I got to sink my teeth into here? And there's also this whole thing that 
people are already thinking the fiend will be buried straight out of the gate when he faces Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell in Hell in a Cell for the Universal Championship. The the inability to just sit back and enjoy this because of that mindset that's gaining traction already, it's hard to just sit back and enjoy it, if that makes sense. And that might be the case where he might not win. But guess what? The theme. For, this is turning into the theme for the night. Bray Wyatt has Seth Rollins' number. I think it was 2017 after WrestleMania. Uh, Seth Rollins beat Triple H, got that monkey off his back, um, the devil off his shoulder. He wrestled Bray Wyatt at the next pay-per-view and he lost. And I think he wrestled him again on a row or two after that pay-per-view. Bray Wyatt won again, I think. I might be wrong in that, but Bray Wyatt is one of those guys that Seth Rollins couldn't beat. So from that side of things, you think, hmm, there's some intrigue there. Is, is things Are things going to change? I joked with some guys from the my WhatsApp group the other night, just for a random prediction, we're going to see the return of the... Sorry, we're going to see the reunion of the Wyatt family. See the way things are panning out right now? That's not exactly out of the question now, is it? Bray Wyatt's on top uh, of the Universal Championship scene, underneath Seth Rollins, obviously. Rowan and Harper, uh, kick-ass. Just great to see them back together, doing their excellent work. Braun Strowman up for debate at the moment, but there's every chance... And I wouldn't be surprised to see all Wyatts together once again. Uh, it kind of is the way the Fiend has got went. Their characters don't mesh as well as they did once before. They've all went in very different paths characteristically. Um, but it's possible. Anything's possible in the, the wacky world of world wrestling entertainment. Seth's title match itself was decent enough. Grudgingly, those bloody. I hate, I hate the I hate Seth Rollins's use of certain moves that it just does far too often. It goes to the well for certain moves, just too much for my liking. But grudgingly, these suicide dives made storyline sense. He's trying to keep Braun Strowman grounded in the outside. The most, the more uh, suicide dives he hits, the more chance he thinks he has of dealing with Braun so I can get it from that side of things I liked how Braun wasn't defeated by his own idiocy for a change as is so often the case when it comes to those big opportunities even earlier in the night he was it was Braun who who should bear the brunt of responsibility for losing the tag titles shoving Robert Roode into Seth Rollins' path or something like that which caused the distraction and Rude to get the, the victory. I can't remember. Something happened and it was Braun Strowman's fault. I've said it before on here. I have written about it in the past. Braun Strowman is presented as a bit of a dafty. Um, so if Noam Dar was to tweet about it, he would say, Braun Strowman's a dafty, pass it on. So here we go again. Something's going to come of this. But it took curb stomp after curb stomp to finally defeat Braun Strowman so it's a double-edged sword 
it's a double-edged sword with Seth Rollins because his moveset, his arsenal is becoming more limited by the day. It would seem it's as if it's, it's almost like a five moves of doom with Seth Rollins. But at the same time, it works for him in a storyline sense and I can, I have to appreciate that because that's what I like to see. It's just, it gets boring after a while. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it took a, it took a lot of time for him to beat Brett, Brock Lesnar last month, using the same moves over and over again, but it worked. And it, you can tell Seth Rollins is one of those guys who likes to paint a canvas. He likes to tell a story. It's just that he tells that story the same over and over again, and it can get a wee bit wishy washy. So change things up a bit and. Don't do the mandible claw fiend when it comes to this match at Hell in a Cell, please. I can't really think of much else to talk about. We had the King of the Ring demoted to Monday Night Raw. Let's not beat about the bush here. That should have been on Clash of Champions, which I haven't actually said as a general opinion of the show. Clash of Champions was alright. wasn't great. I thought springtime for WWE this year was its peak with regards to pay-per-view offerings, stomping grounds, extreme rules, money in the bank, mania, just stellar work for a good few months in a row there. (coughs) SummerSlam is okay, and this one was probably the weakest of the bunch in quite some time. It did have some moments, um, standout moments that we talked about before. So King of the Ring would have livened it up, especially with the, the... frankly fire matches that Baron Corbin has been involved in obviously it takes two to tango it's not all Baron Corbin's work but you've got to love the tilt a whirl end of days finisher if you don't there's something wrong with you let's be honest it's all okay to respect opinions but not this one this is a cold hard fact and I've got to say as well when I saw the gift for this doing the rounds on Twitter I thought oh like a trained um WWE shell thought they're not facing the hard cam tut 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 but then it tw- they twisted round and the end of days landed flush with the hard cam and that was that was stellar work from Corbin and Chad Gable well done gents, congrats Corbin and congrats Gable for continuing the story on Smackdown telling Corbin that you're, Corbin that you're having none of it and you're still not finished with him, I like that I like that he's still showing some fight and not just giving up with the ghost. Well done, Chad. Um, I said earlier on, Cedric and AJ Styles had a blow-away five-minute match. Excellent stuff. The Mishinuko driver to start proceedings by Cedric had the heart in the mouth. That, that was like that was a good showing. I think Cedric was presented well. AJ just got the better of him, and no wonder with that brutal, horrible, they need that brain buster onto the apron. They need to stop these apron moves, especially ones like that. Granted, AJ is a very safe worker, very skilled and experienced in what he does, but that looked horrible. Never again do I want to see that. Uh, but AJ made Cedric look like a million pounds or dollars, whatever you want to call it. So more than happy with that, and Cedric still isn't finished with AJ Styles. So that the the pattern of underutilized talent over the last year or so now being used and utilized continues. Can't can't argue with that. 
the Cruiser match, alright. They're starting to get stuck in a rut now with Drew Gulak winning. He's he's almost wiped out every credible babyface that there is at the moment. So I think that's why I think we're going to see some changes. And I think the next group, the next cham- proper champion that Drew Gulak will lose. Sorry, the next contender that Drew Gulak will probably lose the Cruiser Championship to is probably going to be someone from the, the old black and gold brand over at Full Sail. I can see that going down some point soon, maybe maybe even a takeover, you never know, we'll see what happens there, because we've got one more takeover to go before things change no, that's not true they're still going to do takeovers, they're just not doing them at the Big Four weekend um, not a great match, I was hoping for more character development for Lindsay Dorado this week wasn't the case, he seems to have made pals with the Lucha House Party again and he has exercised his demons in the form of beating Aria Devari who was the devil in his ear for the last few weeks but hopefully that devil is not finished whispering, looking forward to seeing if something develops from that last thing I want to say um, something unequivocal for anyone wondering and thinking, hmm, what's going on here? The the Babyface Miz run has been a disaster. There's another guy who has fallen victim to Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Um, the Miz just lost. He just lost that feud with Shane McMahon outright. He didn't recover from it. He has disappeared from TV, uh, from pay-per-views, sorry. Uh, he's, not, he's not as featured as much. He's not as demanded as much on TV his Miz TV segments aren't really about him or his opponents, they're just about everyone else's opponents <sighs> poor Miz and I remember people saying to me this guy's going to win titles when he turns babyface this is going to be a great babyface run it has been a disaster ladies and gentlemen and this was after I had finally finally turned the corner with Miz and thought this guy is one of the best heels in the business all over the place and it's just been a mess. So, yes, Shane McMahon, uh, this is your fault. All your fault. That's all I've got to say in the matter. People, I think I have done my very best at covering absolutely everything that's of paramount importance in the world of WWE and the fringe brands at the moment. Tomorrow I'm looking forward to watching some NXT Um and we've got the, the British Rounds match between Sid Scala and Cassius Ono. British Rounds, you can either win by two knockouts, or sorry, a knockout, or two pinfalls, or two submissions in five three-minute rounds. It sounds convoluted, but I will be honest, I do like my convoluted rules matches for WWE, stuff like your chambers and war games. I like having to think for myself. So very much looking forward to seeing that. And then it all goes round again and we're back to moaning about stuff. Tell me, there's nothing worse. The Tuesday, Tuesday mornings and Thursdays are the worst day for Twitter because Tuesday mornings are people crying about simple small things that happened in Raw that offends them so greatly that they have to say, I'm done with WWE. Or Thursday, where you've got everyone quoting as gospel some random shit that Dave Meltzer's made up. So, the two worst days, these are the worst days, Monday and Thursday. So, I'll see you on Friday. Um, that is it for me this week. 
I don't think I've got anything else to plug. No quiz for you. I do have a quiz in the bank for next time that Ricky is with us, but all going well, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, we've um, sent out the contracts, we've organised some riders for people, and it looks like I won't get your hopes up, but I have sent out the invitations to Rance Morris and Rab Ropes for the first semi-final of the Ricky and Clive Quiz Time Invitational 2019. I say the year, but it's going to be the only Quiz Time Invitational, let me tell you. Uh, hopefully going to do that next week and it will be released a wee bit later in the day than our normal release time of, what, say, 5, 6 o'clock, BST and EST, eh, BST, CST and EST. Uh, and once we've got that done, we will endeavour to arrange a time zone friendly encounter between Joshua and Sir Sam for the other semi-final and we'll get that to you in October pray, pray for that we'll get this to work this one but we'll get it sorted and guys apologies again for the delay in this it's just poor poor workmanship from me here I won't I won't beat around the bush <sighs> done finally done Pete done this has been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network where you can receive other audio shows from the likes of One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Get In The Ring, Danny's Chop Shop, um, and All Things Elite, uh, as well as the podcasts, which you can please give a five-star review on the podcast app of your choice. You can go to socialsuplex.com. You've got these podcasts, you've got the columns that we put out, and you've got them in your email inbox if you want to do that you just press the subscribe button um, you can head over to the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group for some chat in a confined and enclosed and friendly area all things wrestling uh, we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter please go to powerslam.tv check out over 4,000 hours of independent wrestling from around the world for free for a month and also when you're watching it Look suave and look cool in your Ricky and Clive t-shirt or your One Nation radio or your Keeping It Strong style or your Social Suplex t-shirt. We'll speak to you soon about any other potential t-shirts coming out that way as well. Uh, I think I've covered all the plugs. Shout out to Ricky. Um, get well soon, Ricky, even though there's nothing wrong with you, but it seems like an appropriate thing to say at such a time. I hope this has been alright for you ladies and gentlemen I've been rambling so much I think it might be the caffeine in my system from the Pepsi Max that I have been swigging away at I'll stop talking now thank you for listening and we'll speak to you next week night night thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast we'll see you next time